Okay. Blog Talk Radio. to another episode of Indie Fire right here with your girl, Nakia. How you guys doing? Like, I think I talked to you Tuesday this week. We're getting more consistent now. Um, again, finally, as I won't say things things die down, but they are, considering how they were around here. They're beginning to mellow out, you know what I'm saying? I got one assistant back, and now hopefully, you know, within the next few weeks, I'll be able to get the second one back, and things will just kind of just go back to normal around here. You know, things will never be normal outside of here, but around here, we want to get some normal feedback in here. All right? Uh, we're ending up the month of July. Gosh, I was telling the client just yesterday, I think it was, that, you know, the month of March, it took us six months to get through March. But then after that, like May, June, July, they have all just, you know, you blink. They come in, you blink again, they're gone. You know what I'm saying? So it'll be December before we know it. You guys, watch the time. Really, watch the time, see what's going on. Uh, what well, what is going on? I had something really important to tell you guys, but it slipped my memory. Um, I don't I don't know <laughs> I don't know what it was. All right, move on to the next thing, and maybe that'll come back to me. So the uh, MTV VMA nominations came out today, and we have you know a colorful list of of nominations this year. It seems that the songs are very repetitive, but um, yeah, you figure it out for yourself. All right, the 2020 MTV Music Awards or Video Music Awards will air on Sunday, August 30th, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, live from Brooklyn's Barclay Center. All right, so video of the year. Um, I'm gonna read you the ones that we we really care about. All right, because the list is extensive. All right, so. Video of the year, we got Eminem featuring Juice World with Godzilla, Future featuring Drake with Life is Good, and The Weeknd with Blinding Lights. All right, I'm going to give you all of these. Artists of the year, The Baby, Justin Bieber, Lady Gaga, Megan Thee Stallion, Post Malone, and The Weeknd. Song of the year, we have um, Megan Thee Stallion with Savage, Post Malone with Circles, Roddy Rich with The Box, and I guess Doja Cat's on our side, right? Maybe. Okay. Say so. Um, best collaboration. Let's see. Black Eyed Peas featuring Jay Balvin with Ritmo. Uh, Ed Sheeran featuring Khalid with Beautiful People. Future featuring Drake with Life is Good. Carol G featuring Nicki Minaj with Tusa. And yeah, that's it. All right. There's the Push Best New Artist. Um, Roddy Rich, 
Youngblood, <laughs> Best Pop, um, Justin Bieber featuring Quavo with Intentions. Yeah, that's it. Dang. All right, Best Hip Hop, The Baby, uh, for Bop, Eminem featuring Juice World, Godzilla, Future featuring Drake, Life is Good, Megan Thee Stallion, Savage, Roddy Rich, The Box, Travis Scott, Highest in the Room. I don't think we got nobody in Best Rock or Best Alternative. Um, oh, yes, we do. Best Alternative. Machine Gun Kelly uh, with Bloody Valentine. Best Latin. Who we got? Bad Bunny. We got Ozuna. We got um, Daddy Yankee. We got Carol G. Maluma um, featuring J Balvin. J Balvin's in here a lot. Bound to win something. All right, Best R&B. Alicia Keys, Underdog, Chloe and Halle with Do It, Her featuring YG with Slide, Khalid featuring Summer Walker, 11, that's the remix, that's, that's the remix. Lizzo, Cause I Love You in the Weekend, Blinding Lights. Um, best Pop? Mm, nobody. Nope. Video for Good, Anderson Pack, uh with Lockdown. Wasn't he in there last year, the same song, maybe? I don't know, Her? With I Can't Breathe, Lil Baby with The Bigger Future, and that's it. Then we got the best music video from home. I already know who's going to take this one. Um, wait, that's wrong category. My bad, my bad. All right, so in this one, we got Drake with Tootsie Slide. We got John Legend with Bigger Love. Best quarantine performance. Here we go. We got Chloe and Halle with Do It from MTV's um, Comathon. DJ D-Nice, Club MTV presents Dance Together. I think he's going to take it. John Legend with Together at Home Concert Series and Post Malone with the Nirvana Tribute. There's the Best Direction category. Uh, the Weekend is in that for Blinding Lights. Uh, best Cinematography. The Weekend is in that for Blinding Lights as well. Best Art Direction. ASAP Rocky. Um, I don't know how to say this. Babushka Boy, maybe? Yeah. Um, yeah, and that's it. Best Visual Effects. Travis Scott, the highest in the room. Best choreography, The Baby with Bop. Nomani with uh, Motivation. Best editing, we got Lizzo for Good as Hell. And The Weekend, Blinding Lights. All right, so if you didn't hear your people announced, um, don't take it personal. This is hip-hop and R&B over here. Uh, again, 2020 MTV Video Music Awards airs Sunday, August 30th, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, live from Brooklyn's. Barclays Center. All right. What else I got for you? Nothing, because we're ending out the month of July tomorrow. Um, there's no show tomorrow, of course. We go into August on Saturday. Yeah. Um, a lot of birthdays coming up. Uh, congratulations. I meant to say this Tuesday, but congratulations to Sierra and Russell Wilson on the birth of their combined third child. Yeah. Because, um, you know, she has a boy and then they have a girl and now they have a a son. Um, his name is Wynn Harrison Wilson. Wynn, W-I-N, yes, Wynn uh, Harrison Wilson. So congratulations to Sarah and Russell Wilson on the birth of their third child. Um, we're going to start doing birthdays again next month because we got a lot of birthdays coming up. I didn't realize we had so many birthdays this week right here. So Susie Newton, my business bestie, celebrated her birthday on Tuesday. Um, R&B hip-hop artist Asia. Um, down in Pensacola, Florida. She celebrated her birthday on Tuesday as well. Um, 
there, there was some more. I, I, there was just, there was a lot. Right? So we're gonna say happy birthday to all of those who celebrated birthdays this week from Indie Fire. Okay, okay. Make sure that you're back here on Monday, 7 p.m. and 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time with Kaiso Moore for my struggle is my strength on Monday morning motivation. Make sure that you 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 tuned in. I mean, like really tuned in. Like like take notes tuned in. It's 15 minute show, but he's filling you with so much information in that 15 minutes. Um, that you are going to be able to carry throughout the day as well as the rest of the week. Sometimes all we have to do is activate our faith just a little. And this show is, um, I feel like it is a show that definitely does its job. It is inspiring. It is motivating. It is empowering. um, And it is encouraging. And so um, if you put your faith with the things that he's saying, mush those together you're going to have an amazing week, I'm telling you. Just you look at the purpose points or listen to the purpose points that he's given you and just make them applicable throughout the rest of the week. On to the next week and into the next week. Um, again, just a truly amazing show. You can follow Paso on Instagram at um, ms underscore is underscore ms. Yes. Yes. All right. <laughs> and then back at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, we will have New Music Mondays returns on Monday the Third, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Okay. My guest tonight is no stranger to Indie Fire. Um, and you're probably going to hear her name and be like, oh, yeah, I know that is. Yes. I'm talking about award winning urban Christian fiction author. Why does that sound so funny? Urban Christian fiction. Yeah, that's right. All right. So, award winning urban Christian fiction author, Chanel. She's an author and reader always searching for a great read that draws you in but does not draw you away from the Christian lifestyle. As a believer, she is mindful of the atmosphere she creates for herself and the messages that she entertains. She admits she is mindful, not perfect. Chanel does have secular music and reading in her diet. However, she chooses to feast on Christian reading and music daily. In a quest for edification and entertainment, she learned about the Christian fiction genre. It was in the pages of these books that she found the drama that not only satisfied the hunger for a juicy story, but also filled her desire of spiritual truth. In the summer of 2017, she began a blog, ChanelINC.com, where she reviewed Christian fiction and interviewed Christian authors and readers. In the fall of 2017, she signed to Anointed Inspirations Publishing, and her debut book, A Good Thing, was released in October 2017. Currently, she is working on several independent projects. Chanel is a mother, Becca. She's a wife, a mother, and a daughter of the king. She lives in Tampa, Florida. Chanel is the author of the A Good Thing series. That's a good thing. A good thing two, if I be lifted, and the good thing three, vengeance is mine. Joyful noise, the hot mess choir. The devil thought he had me. Her pleasure, his principles. Ramsey's bed is never cold. I contributed to the anthology hashtag Black Magic, but a man of my nightmares. I want to talk about that book. I do. I do. Uh, anybody listening to the audience, I present to you this evening my very, very, very special guest, award-winning urban Christian fiction author. You know what? I know what I forgot. It's, it's award-winning, best-selling urban Christian fiction <laughs> author. There we go. Chanel. <laughs> oh. You know, Hello, you are too much. And everything. They give you like a character restriction. All my guests know this. You send these long bios, 
and you got to get it back. You got to tweak it down. It's the same with my, my headers. There's a characteristic uh-huh. on that too. So as much as I want to say, I can't say everything that I want to say. So I know that promo included something else, but I couldn't remember what it was. There we go. Award-winning, best-selling urban Christian fiction author. Yes. Well, you, thank you. How thank you, you so much. You know, it's, I, I've been good. You know, it's crazy because I saw the promo and it said award-winning Christian fiction author. I'm like, award-winning? What? Oh, my God, yeah, like I know. won the Indie Fire Award. <laughs> that's right. That's right. I'm an award winner. <laughs> I got to add that to my thing. I'm like, that's I was like, award-winning award winner. I was like, oh, no, that's right. Yeah. Yes. No, I've, yes, been, and I'm, I've been good. I've been saying that about, you know, I used to say that about artists. Um, multi-award winning and, and I thought about it I was um, doing a bio for someone and they actually were mm-hmm. a winner like the first year and so they gave me what they wanted their bio to say and they needed me to you know tweak it a little bit so I included yeah, yeah. award winning and they were like what? I ain't, I ain't won no yes you did like think back I mean it's, oh man yes, yes I know we small or whatever but dang y'all you know, no, no, you know, I, um, <laughs> definitely, especially when I'm asked about um, promotion and promo and stuff, because I did win the award for uh, for marketing and promotion. I'm like, yeah, I won it. Well, I did win an award for marketing and promotion, like because people ask you, which is good. Don't get me wrong. You should vet your people you're working with. Um, right, they would right. ask, well, you know, where where do you get your information from? Or, you know, do you have analytics to support what you're saying, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, yeah, I have my analytics, and I also have won an award for promotion. Um, they're like, oh, okay, oh, okay, yeah. So let's finish this conversation about pushing mm-hmm. this, pushing this stuff. Let's let's finish the mm-hmm. push conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But how have you been? I'm so excited to be back. I love the Indie Fire family. Hello, family. <laughs> Yeah, because you know, like, once you're on the show, then you become a part of the family. But then I don't think anyone, I've had some repeat offenders is what I call them. Um, but Chanel, this is her third time here, and this is twice this yeah. year. Now, I realize what was so funny is I guess your interview, I guess your first interview was this time last year because it popped up in my news feed yesterday as uh-huh. I was doing promo. And I was like, dang, <laughs> really? And so Chanel was on the show last July, and then we had her back in March Um for the Quest of a Woman series. Um, and uh-huh. so we have her back again. You know, I'm, I'm very selective with my repeat guests. Well, I, I appreciate you. Thank you. My repeat guests, yes. And so she, <laughs> she's deep in the family. She is deep in the family. But for you guys who may have not had the opportunity to, you know, hear her show back in March or maybe even last July or maybe you heard it in July, but, you, you know, you don't know what's been going on in her life. She has had so much uh, transpire, you know, since we had her on the show last July. Now, was it in July yeah. when we – what did we do in July? In July, we did the um, Her Pleasures, His Principles, book cover reveal, book drop, release date party. We had a great time in July. That was um, in July? And then, yeah, that was in July. That was um, last year this time. In July, it came out. And um, what are we doing I don't March? remember the date. Uh, March, this March that just passed, we did um, her, uh, nope, not her pleasures. Uh, Joyful Noise Hot Mess Choir is on audio. 
That's what it was. So we did another big, yeah, we did another big thing for the audio release. (laughs) She has so many big things. All my big stuff. Yeah, all, all my big stuff comes here first. I stop here first. Yes. This is the first stop. Yes, <laughs> that's right. Because we were gonna do um, the 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 book. Were we just gonna do the book cover release, and then it turned yeah, into we did the, the book title cover and release, the book cover. And then it turned. Yep, and then it turned into the. Um, I had gotten the date that morning, so it turned into a big title, book cover, and date type thing. It was amazing, guys. You know how I love I love the first of everything. You know, I like to be somebody's first interview, you know, to debut their music first, um, to spotlight, you know, a, a new project first. I love to be people's first. And so this was our first um, book cover release and then our first title release. And, you know, we had an amazing time. Um, and I'm so we very did. thankful to Chanel and fortunate, you know, to be, surrounded by such an amazing woman, but the fact that she thinks of Indie Fire first, you know, to get the word out, it, it means a lot to me. I don't know if I've ever, you know, publicly told you. Aww. I know I tell you behind closed doors, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Oh, let yes. me clean that it's up. Let love. me clean that up. Let me clean that up. Let me clean that up because I don't want nobody thinking that. And I already said she was white, guys. I So when I say behind <laughs> closed doors, you know what I'm saying, in the inbox, in the DM, through emails, you know what I'm saying, our personal phone conversations. So she knows that I'm very grateful but publicly, I wanted to acknowledge her and let her know that we are very, very grateful that you consider, you know, um, Indie Fire the way that you do and incorporate us in being the first of for you. So, with that Definitely. being said, we got to talk about, um, we got to talk about Ramsey's bed is never cold, and we got to talk about Man of My Dreams. And, guys, if you were listening mm-hmm. to Tuesday, you probably heard, that title right there, Man of My Dreams. And we talked about, you know, that was a book that was written by or co-written by three authors. And so we uh-huh. gave the names. I'm going to forget. Is it Tammy? Yep, Tammy, Shanika, and myself. Yeah, so we have Shanika on the show on Tuesday, and now mm-hmm. we have Chanel here tonight. So I want to talk about um, Rams. I don't want to do the generic ask, question, answer type of thing because you guys can go back and listen to an old show that we did, you know, maybe the first show, maybe the second show, and, and all the information that is uh, pertinent to her life as an author, a blogger, a speaker, that's all covered in those uh, interviews. But I want to talk about what she has going on right now and the independent projects that she's working on that are coming up. All right, so let's start with Ramsey's Bed is Never Cold. I remember yes. in, in March, I think it was, you talked about it briefly. You might have just given mm-hmm. the title of it and not really, you know, mm-hmm. gave any details about it. Now, this dropped in, was it June? Yeah, June 5th. Or May. June? Yep. All right, so this book has been June out 5th. almost two months. Um, and when I first saw, maybe I misunderstood. I think we talked about it in March, and I might have misunderstood what, you know, what the book was about because when the cover, when I saw the cover, you know, I was like, oh, oh. Then I saw the title. And my mind just went all types of different places. Then I had to read the synopsis. <laughs> and yeah, my mind was, y'all know my mind is always in left field. And so my mind had to bring it back a little bit, you know what I'm saying? But talk about, you know, the writing process and what went on writing Ramsey's Bed is Never Cold. And, and give the listening audience just, you know, don't tell them too much because they got to go out and support this, this mm-hmm. amazing author and purchase this book. But just give them a little bit of what they're, look, you know, they're 
going to look forward to when they read the book. Yeah, <laughs> no problem. So, yeah, Ramsey's Bed is Never Cold. Whenever I say the title, they're like, um, I thought you were writing. As a matter of fact, my um, one of my test readers is a very good friend of mine. <laughs> We've been friends since college. And um, she always, because we're just, we're, we're, we're best friends, we're sorority sisters. So when I say, okay, this is what I'm writing or this is what I'm working on, she'll, she's quick. She has permission to check me. Let's put it that way. She will check me in a minute. <laughs> so I said, the book is called, you know, Ramsey's Bed is Never Cold. And she says, Chanel, um, are we still writing Christian? Why is her bed warm? <laughs> Why is her bed warm? Um, but in fact, Ramsey's bed is never cold. Um, it is a story that a lot of women, including myself, can um, relate to in the sense that no one, you know, it, it's dealing with your loneliness and dealing with um, the, do you, you know, your man or not having a man or um, just understanding who you are and being a little bit more selective about who you allow to be in your bed, if that makes any sense. Um, Ramsey has, is in the beginning of the book, she is, um, she's fierce. She's, she is fierce. I'm sorry. Look, I'm so sorry I, if I just start laughing because I was telling Tasso the other night, we were talking about his upcoming show, and I was saying I felt like a lot of the your your topics are directed at me. You know what I'm saying? Because you know how you get in church <laughs> and the pastor, he start preaching so good, yes. but you feel a little conflicted uh-huh. because you feel like he's speaking directly to you and about you. So that's how I feel with, like, some of his topics on Monday mornings. Like, he, dang, he's talking about me for real. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> when you gave that description, because I have not read Ramsey's Bed is Never Cold. I've not read that. I'm mm-hmm. so far behind on everybody's books, but I have read Men in My Nightmares. All right. So anyway, when you said uh-huh. that about the book, I, I'd be selective about who you let, you know, in your bed. One of my exes just popped up with some old crazy stuff, but I, I'm sorry. It was timing was too perfect. No, and you know, you, you'll be able to identify with Ramsey because um, she has an ex <laughs> that don't go away. Um, even to the, the bitter oh, end of the book, cool. he's still there. Um, and, yeah. and that's something that I, you know, we all can identify with. Everybody got a joke. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Everybody should have named that. Just so, like, he is the bed. It's never cold. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, you know, with, with all – now, mind you, even though it does sound quite, um, you know, uh, non-Christian, yeah. it is a Christian mm-hmm. fiction book. So she does go through her – her journey with uh, her relationship with Christ, and she does go through a fair amount of healing. It also touches on um, mental health amongst okay. African American women and the church. And she, um, you know, and there's a, a good section in the book where she's talking about, you know, being prayed for and that not working, and you know, doing all of these things because a lot of times the church doesn't speak out about mental health. Or, you know, it's a God can heal you, which he can. He can. Um, But he would not equip us with therapists and things like that if we didn't need them. So there's a – We're going to stay right there. We're going to stay right there for just a minute. (laughs) I know that Lakeisha Johnson dropped her book today. Um, I don't remember the name of it, but I know it was released today. And I remember Mm -hmm. her mentioning, you know, maybe a couple of months ago, maybe when she was on the show – about wanting to write um, 
a book about, you know, mental health and, and depression. Um, and it's something that mm-hmm. she's never gone through or experienced, but you know it's out there. You see the visible signs in other people. You may have people in your family, mm-hmm. so you know it's out there. And it's something that needs to be talked about. Um, black people push it up under the rug. Black Christian people, I mean, they completely want to just bury it. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. I want to just stay right there while you're talking about that, um, how important it is uh, to be able to, you know, you have the church, and people are supposed to be able to go into church and, and get the healing that they need. They're mm-hmm. not supposed to walk in the door and be judged or be ridiculed. That's not their position. Mm-hmm. That's not the position of the mm-hmm. church. You know what I'm saying? So they walk in the door, and they have, I've been struggling with, you know, anxiety and, and depression and you know what I'm saying, um, mm-hmm. mental health issues, and, and I don't know what to do. I don't know the direction that I need to take. And the first thing they want to do is bring the anointing oil out or slap them down on the altar mm-hmm. and pray for them all night long. You know what I'm saying? But um, for someone who has gone through uh, mental health issues for 23 years, you know, I find it um, sometimes you have to be able to talk to someone and get a response back to let you know that everything is okay and that everything is going to be okay. And there's nothing wrong with praying to God and having people pray for you on your behalf. But like, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm constantly in prayer for myself, um, for the things that I battle, but I receive answers from God in different ways. And and to me, they're not when I need them. Okay. And like right Mm -hmm. now, if I'm going through a crisis right now, the most I can do is go, go, and lay down and go to sleep, sleep it off, you know what I'm saying? But um, mm-hmm. talking to somebody, being able to get the things out that are going through your head, you know, and maybe at the end of that conversation, the two of you can pray together, you know, um, two praying is a lot more powerful than one if you got the right person praying with you. But Definitely. for me, it was just so important to be able to have someone to speak to and not necessarily a therapist, you know what I'm saying? Because at the end of the day, they mm-hmm. might want to give you a prescription, you know, and I'm, I'm so over drugs. But you might need yeah. somebody just to sit down and just, to, again, to let you know everything is going to be all right, to, to, you know, give you an alternative solution to whatever your problem. You know, you may have come up with a, one solution, and that's not working, so that weighs you down. But being able to speak mm-hmm. to somebody else, they may be able to come up with another, you know, a plan B for you that's going to work out so much yeah. better, something that you can't see because when you're going through what you're going through, when depression is weighing you down, when your anxiety is on 200 you know what I'm saying? When you feel like the weight of the world is literally on your shoulders and you don't know your next move, you're boxed in. You mm-hmm. can't turn left. You can't turn right. You know what I'm saying? To have somebody just to be like, yo, I got a door. We can open this door. We can walk yeah. together. We can do this. You know what I'm saying? So why is it? Why do you feel that so many black people, though, um, it, they when they find out that a loved one or friend is going through, you know, mental health issues, they want to just keep that on the deal? Um, I think it's, I think it's a couple of reasons, and I wanted to also mention the reason why I was able to write Ramsey's mental health struggle so well is because it's something that I've struggled with for years. Um, I've um, so she deals with anxiety and depression. She actually has general generalized anxiety disorder, which is something that I suffer from. So. That being said, um, it was I was able to write it from a, a very personal place. Um, I think the reason why we push it under the rug is we just have so many hindrances being African American. Period. Like it, it's it's just hard. Let's call it a thing a thing. It's hard 
to be an African-American in America, be it male or female. You know, if you're a male, you have 99,000 stigmas, you know, already placed upon your head before just so you can walk down the street. If you're a woman, you have, you know, you have all of the stigmatisms of being a woman, then you're a black woman. So you have, you know, all of those things thrusted upon you too. And I think in our community, if you admit or if you say, okay, not only do I have, you know, this whole black woman thing going on, which is a whole other issue, but also I struggle with my mental health. That's another stigma that's placed upon you. And in our community, we just can't have one more. So um, I think that's why we're so silent Um And then a lot of times as believers, we fall into ministries and in churches where they, um, you know, it's seen as an inferiority thing. If you have something going on or if you um, admit to have something going on and it's seen as something that you should just pray away or something that, you know, obviously, what was that? I was told that um, if if I increased my giving, and um, my time mm. in church, that God would take this thing away from me, um, and what? I did, and I still, and I still what? struggled. Like you know, yeah. Like I was like, okay, you know, anything to get free from depression, anything to help yeah, lift the yeah, depression, because yeah. you know the depression yeah. is really bad. And then if you if you cocktail that with anxiety. Um, you know, everyone's symptoms are different, but there are times when I literally can't walk, like my muscles shut yeah. down, um, yeah. all because mm-hmm. I've had an anxiety uh, an anxiety attack. So now not only do I have the thing that I'm worried about, but then I also have upon me the fact that now I still got that thing in my head, but now I can't move. Like it hurts mm-hmm. to stand up straight. It hurts to walk. Mm-hmm. So now I'm in the bed, and then, of course, what goes up must come down. So three days later, mm-hmm. I'm still in the bed because now I'm depressed. Um, and it was told to me that, you know, well, you know, obviously God is not pleased with your lifestyle, blah, blah, blah. And I've, I've been there. Ramsey in the book, she, <laughs> there's a point where she talks about going to the altar and having, you know, and being prayed for. I've been there. And I'm not, I'm not in no way negating the power of God. God can no, touch no. you and heal you and completely do that thing. But at the same time, he might not, he might not choose that for you. You, right. that might not be your story. And if that's, that's not your right. story, that's still okay. Um, I was reminded of the scripture, like in my, cause you know, I'm, I, I believe that if you keep it real with God, God will keep it real with you. So me mm-hmm. and my Savior had a real talk one day, and I'm like, look, Lord, like, for real, because you're all powerful, you all healing. Why is this struggle upon me? Like, what's going on? And I turned to, um, I believe it's Paul, where he's talking about, um, he, he, he says, three times I beseeched the Lord and asked mm. him to remove this thorn from my side. Three times. This is not. This is not just you know old rinky dink Chanel who has gone to church who loves Jesus. Like this is Jesus' homeboy. Okay. Right. Right. Walked with right. His, like you know this is this Jesus' people. Three times he beseeched the Lord and asked him to remove it, and three times God said no. He had, he still had the thorn in his side, and he said my grace is sufficient. And he said um, he's made um, his he, strength is made in weakness. So I find that because I have these, you know, I have these struggles that I deal with personally, um, it keeps me grounded. Mm-hmm. Um, it keeps me 
closer to God because that's where my strength comes. Which and and you know I I had a conversation with my therapist because you know they they always want to give you a bunch of medicines. So mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> I was talking to my therapist and she was like, you know, well the lady said you know, the psychiatrist was like, yeah, you have um. You know, you have generalized anxiety, so you have major depressive disorder, and you know, you you have a little bit of ADHD too. So we might want to give you, you know, something for the ADHD to help you settle down. I'm like, no, because if you do that, I can't stay up all night and write. Like, <laughs> and write, yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> you know, God, no, yeah, yeah, no. Like, so everything is for a purpose. Like, I need to have um, everything that God has allowed me to experience because it helps my creativity. It's, I can produce, um, multiple books a year because I don't require as much rest as everybody else or because my mind is always going. I can also, um, someone said I was, um, I had just had a reader. She just finished Ramsey's Bed is Never Cold. And she said, Chanel, I was crying halfway through the book. That's not because Chanel's so, you know, gifted, um, that's because <laughs> God is good, and that's also mm-hmm. because Chanel got issues. So I can I feel everything two times as much. My husband thinks it's the funniest thing in the world because we'll be watching a movie or somebody will get shot, and I'll grab my side, and I double all over. And he's like, what is wrong with you? Can you feel it? And I'm like, yeah, you don't feel it? Like he just got he – was, he was a good character, and he just got we, – we, we, we were watching something, and the man got shot all up, and my body went to convulsing, and I was like, oh, no. <laughs> and he was like, can, can you feel it? Like why are you jumping around the house? But I could, you know, I, I could, I, I felt it in that moment, and that level of feeling that comes across in the book is all because I'm kind of squirrely, I guess. But I'm cool with it. Like I'm good with me. <laughs> I'm good with me. So we good. <laughs> oh, she said she's kind of screwy. My kids. Well, I know they're not the only ones because I think I had a guest on the show the other day, and I almost said, "Could you repeat yourself?" Um, but he was young, yeah. like you know, he was like nineteen, like my daughter. So I figured that's exactly what he said. But their word is cringe. Everything is cringe, and I don't want to be like, "Oh, what does cringe mean?" But I feel cringe. like it's something that it's like ill. You know, that's I think that's what it means, like ill. But you you made a uh, a comment about Paul and and the thorns. Um, Mm-hmm. And you know Christ saying my 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 grace is sufficient, but um for me it's and, and I've only explained this I think I've explained on the show one time, but um my days are always just I'm always tired and always exhausted and because I do so much and I do so much for everybody mm-hmm. you know you that's do why I'm tired and exhausted, but we didn't have that conversation, moments. you do, oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, we could be talking right now and I could turn to the left and all of a sudden I'm just in tears, like boohoo crying, like, well, not yeah. on the show because I, I always take anxiety medication before I get on the show so I don't be flipping out on people. But because, um, you know, sometimes the shows get really, they get really powerful, you know. I've, yeah. I've learned to allow the energy from my guests to just consume me. And some of these shows have gotten, you know, it brings out, we try not to talk about, politics and religion on the show because you know everybody has their mm-hmm. own opinions about them both but some yes. of these shows recently have gotten they've been just on another level and it's been really amazing um but 
I'll just get, you know, like a day and I'm just, I'm not Nakia at all. I'm that other person. And that requires a lot of personal care and, you know, self-care mm-hmm. because I can't do anything. Like, like you mentioned, my body just, it, it hurts. Um, everything just kind of just shuts down and all I can do is just stay in bed and just cry and cry and cry and, mm-hmm. and cry. And that's what I do. And it happens, you know, I'll say it happens like every other month. And it'll shut me down. It'll knock me down for like three days. And I use this time because people say, you know, how do you cope? How do you get through that? Like if I'm in the bed, I'm just in the bed. Somebody's going to have to eventually pop a pill, take me to the hospital, give me the little 72-hour hold or something. But Mm -hmm. I, I can't cope, you know. And for me, it is. I always tell people that my best ideas come to me when I'm asleep, which is why I can't sleep because I'm up writing down everything, like I'll fall asleep, sleep two hours, yeah. jump up, write down something, fall back asleep, jump up mm-hmm. again. You know, my creative juices really flow when I'm asleep. And so mm-hmm. during this downtime of these two to three days, I always look at it as um, God just allowing me to rest in him. And when I come out of it, I know, I always know that when I come out of it, I'm going to come out of it such a better person. I, I go through mm-hmm. transition during those two to three days. There's some type of transition that I go through. And and for me, I just feel like it's him telling me that you need to slow down. You need to take some time. You need to, you know, shut the world out, shut the kids out. You need this time. So if you got to sit here and wallow in, you know, whatever grief you think you're going through or have your pity party, then you need to do that. But no, at the end of that third day, I'm going to bring you out. I'm going to bring you into something mm-hmm. new. And it always happens. So that is the positive side of it all for me. Like, if I could just hurry up and get to that third day, I'm going to be good. You know what I'm saying? But that is the the positive outlook for me. Um, And his grace is, you know, his grace is sufficient. Um, But I don't want to stay there any longer. We talked about that, you know, long enough. Mm -hmm. Somebody just sent me a question saying that they love um, how real you are. And and I believe people should be. thank you, you somebody. Nobody should be. transparent um you have to be transparent with people because you never know the struggles that you're going through somebody else 10 times out of 10 is going through the same thing you're going through they may not be as vocal as you are sometimes you have to learn to be the voice for other people whose voices are hushed up you know in silence and tears and grief you got to be the voice for other people and so i believe in being 100 percent transparent um, oh my God! So not to cut you, know you off, but that's just that is confirmation because um, I'm actually I'm taking a class on Saturday with um, Joylynn M. Ross who writes it's under E and Joy. She's also a, um, a phenomenal Christian fiction writer and publisher and just everything literary. She's amazing, but she's having a class on Saturday and I was watching one of her interviews and she said in the interview that um, your story is not for you. Your story is for someone else. It's to feed someone else. So that, what you just said, was confirmation because, honestly, until I heard her say that I was in a struggle, I was on the struggle bus with this next project that I'm working on. Um, And I was like, yep, you're right. I got to get back to the mission at hand because, you know, the enemy on the It just It's so much in the world right now. That'll um, yeah. deter you from your dream. But yeah. yeah, exactly. It's not. It's not for you. Your story is for someone else, 
It is. And in transparency, I find it's, it's easier for me to be me than for me to be a version of myself. Now, Ooh. it's tiring for me to be me. Mm, yeah. Um, yeah. But uh-huh. it's easier for me to be who I am than to be um, uh, some type of version for myself. Um, and, and that's something that I think all artists go through because you have the, you know, on the high end, on the high end scale, you know, you have your multi award winning, multi million dollar making people who have no personal life because everything is so public. And then on the lower end scale, you have, you know, your independent artists who haven't made it to that mega million yet, but it's coming y'all hold on, just keep working. Um, or, you know, you have someone that's trying and starting out and everything is public. You know, you're, you, you're on your social media, you have all of these things in your life that are public, and it's it's a, a matter of, well, who do you want to be? Do you want to be, um, you know, a, a mysterious author? Do you want to be, you know, this way or that way? And it's like, no, I got to be who I am. Because honestly, I got too much going on in my life to keep up with all the personalities. Like, I'm That's several right. personalities oh all by itself. <laughs> I can't keep up. I can't keep up with a bunch of personas. I just can't. So oh my I will be who I am, and I hope y'all enjoy. Because I can't. I cannot keep up. I couldn't imagine, like, you know, do you want to be a, a – um, I, I just couldn't imagine having to keep up with certain personas. And, and you have to as a, you know, as an artist. If you portray, you know, if you're deep and you know, spiritual and, you know, mystical and all of those things. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm, everywhere you mm-hmm. go in all your interviews, everyone is going to expect you to be mystical and, and mm-hmm. deep and ooh and all of that. But if that's not who you truly are, you're going to give yourself a headache. And it's not yeah. going to work. You might slip up one day. You might slip up one day and they see the other side of you and then think, listen, what? Okay, so you read the bio. The bio says, mm-hmm. <laughs> it says, Chanel is, she was seeking some spiritual and some entertainment, so she gravitates towards Christian fiction. Chanel is mindful, not perfect. <laughs> she does have secular music in, because here's my fear. Um, and, you know, children are beautiful. They call you out on it all the time. You know, they'll call you out. But here, here's yeah. my fear as an artist. This is why it says, I am mindful, not perfect. Because if you pull up to me or pull up beside me at a red light, you <laughs> might get you you might get Fred Hammond. You might get Kurt Franklin. You might get Ty Trebet. But baby, if it's Friday and Chanel is feeling good, you might get Luke. You might get some shake what your mama gave you. You just might. <laughs> and I, I don't want to hinder nobody's walk, and I don't want nobody to see me as being the the perfect Christian. I am not. The only one that was perfect was Christ. So I need the world. I, I don't want to be that person to where you know. Oh, that yes, I saw Chanel at a red light, and and you know she was playing Ty Trebet, Hallelujah, because I love Ty Trebet, you know. Or she was playing KB because I love gospel hip hop. I really do. Love KB, love Andy Mignon, Lecrae, all of them. Love them dearly. But, you know, it, you might catch me with some shake which your mama gave you. Just, she definitely going to have Drew Hill in that mix. I know that. 
you hear the Oh music. my God, you beauty. <laughs> what? I love you. What? <laughs> Don't have me to sing in five steps. I'm telling you. So <laughs> I absolutely love you. Um, me and my husband, we sing uh, the um, I Should Be Your Girlfriend, uh, I Should Be a Boyfriend mm-hmm. song. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we sing we sing that, and he does. Uh, he says, "I should be a boyfriend," and then I say, "I should be a girlfriend." And um, we take part. We have parts when we sing it. Um, it's it's just amazing, and we're not singers, so it's loud and off key. But I'm saying, if you pull up oh. next to the maze at a red light and drew, and that song is playing, you know, you gonna get, <laughs> you know, you gonna get step one. Tell her. <laughs> mm. So yeah, so yeah, I just remember your commentary, um, your commentary from my Drew Hill concert. I think it was last year. Um, yes, you didn't take and how excited I didn't know. you were when I, I would have been posted. there. Yeah. Oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! I was so excited because I absolutely love Drew Hill. But that's what I mean. So if I was trying to be, you know, um, if I was trying to be anybody but myself, then. The fact that I was all on your feet, just yelling and screaming and crying, and oh my God, it's true. Um, then that would be taken as a well. Wait a minute, I thought she was. Yeah, yeah. I thought she was. You do you scream like that for time to bet? Yes, I do. <laughs> but that's not who was on the stage. It was Drew Hill. Yeah, you have to um, set a boundary, but. Uh, for some reason, when people, when they hear um, that you write Christian fiction, you know, they, their, their mind, their mindset changes. They're not mindful of um, the person that you possibly could have been before, the person that you may be transitioning into, the person that you may be now. All they see is the fact <laughs> that you're a Christian fiction author and you should be everything that yeah. comes out of your mouth and everything that, you know, pen to paper should be holier than thou and filled with, you know, the Holy Ghost, sanctified, filled, and, you know what I'm saying? And everybody, you know, um, Shanika talked about this the other day. We, we all, mm-hmm. you know, fall short. We all sin in some way every day whether you want to admit it or not. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Chanel mm-hmm. just said, no, no one, none of us are perfect, you know? Just um, but you have those only people one. that think, you know, you have those people that think, that because, yeah. you know, this is a Christian fiction author and they should be writing one way and they should be talking about one thing and, you know what I'm saying? And why do you, why do you feel that Christians are like that? Um, I think that there is a, um, historically, I think it goes back to history, especially in the black community. Um, historically, it, it is a, you know, you went to church on Sunday in your best outfit, not because, according to my mother, uh, not because you, um, not for no reason other than you wanted to look your best and to be your best, because historically that was the time to be your best. We, we you know, we weren't, we weren't all college educated. We weren't all, um, you know, we weren't all in our societies. We weren't all, um, <clears throat> you know, homeowners and things like that. Like we were working class people. Historically, right. we were all working class people, but on Sunday morning, you weren't Joe the janitor. You were Mr. Joseph the deacon. You were somebody <laughs> in the church. So you were able, you know, you dressed up and you acted a certain way and, and you had this 
um, you know, this aura about you because that made you someone. And I think that as time has gone on, we've just ran that to the ground. Um, and we've become a lot more um, judgmental of people mm. that are in need of the same Christ that we have. The only difference between me and someone else that um, is not a Christian is that I have a Savior. And, you know, and I repent nightly because I ain't right. Uh, the right, other person, right. the person that doesn't, that's a non-Christian, they just don't have a Savior. But that's, that's like an easy fix. You know, the hard part is understanding that God loves you where you are as you are. And, yes, there are some things that you need to change or you might need to do um, to better your life, not necessarily better the love that Christ has for you. He loves you infinitely. Like, you know, mm-hmm. you're doing – that's how come the thief on the cross is like my favorite little story because this man was a thief on the cross. Like, he was dying because he was totally wrong in right. the eyes of the world. But he said – but because he believed in Christ, Jesus said – you coming with me, and I'm going to say, you coming with me to heaven is what Jesus told the man, you know. So no matter what you're doing at the time, God still loves you. He loves you in your mess. Now, should you get out of that mess? Yes, but not so that yes. God can love you. You should get out of that mess so that you can better your life. It's really, you know, your life here on earth. God is going to love you. You know, you love God. God loves you. You saved, you saved. Okay. So, yeah. But if you save and, you know, you're doing 110 things that you should not do as a person, then you're going to <laughs> reap the reward of the 110 things you should not do. Still saved, still going to heaven, on earth, hot mess. So, in order to um, combat that, you accept the Savior, and then you work on those things. It's a, it's a, it's a step. Some things God take out of you right away. Some things God take out of you slowly. Smoking, God took out yeah. of you right away. Wasn't a problem. Whew. It was time to stop. It was time to stop. It wasn't a problem. I did not have a hunger, a thirst, a, oh, my God, you know, da, da, da. None of that. Um, clubbing. That was a process, you know. I had to dip my toe back in there a couple of times. And God, are you really gonna do this? Okay, go ahead, go and do that. Go ahead, yeah, go ahead. You gonna do that? Okay. Let me get dressed and everything. Girl was looking good. Okay, scrumptious in the club. Like, yes, I'm gonna do this. Oh, you, people still remembered me. Um, before I was a blogger and all this other stuff, I wrote for a local entertainment magazine here in Tampa. So I had VIP credentials where I went. And I'm like, these people are not going to remember me. The owner of the bar was like, oh, my God, it's so, been so long since I've seen you. Go upstairs to the VIP. Say hello to everybody. The little bouncer at the door tried to stop me. He was like, you can't get up here. I was like, but the owner said, he was like, really, what does he look like? I said, you know what, don't worry about it. The owner came back and was like, this is my friend. You let her up there now. And he was like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm like, it's okay, dude. I ain't going to get your job. You all right? Um. But, I, you know, I did. I was all up in the VIP with my cranberry and absolute. Like, okay, yes. And I was miserable as all get out. Like, straight miserable. Like, yeah. oh, my God, this is what I'm doing? God, like, yeah, this is what you're doing. Yep. You put yeah. on the outfit, this is what you're doing because you said this is what you want to do. And that was the last time. I left the club early. I never. <laughs> Okay, I've never left the club early. 
I left the club Mm-mm. early that night and went Maybe home. Maybe like last call. Maybe cutting the lights on. No. I still be in the club. <laughs> okay, that was me. Like I mean, that, that was, was that me. You know, me now. I mean, that's not me now. I tell people that in every in every decade, um, I have lost something in every decade, and yeah. that comes that comes with growth. That comes with you know wisdom. That comes with knowledge. Like mm-hmm. I've never thought. I never thought I would stop clubbing. Nah, never. I was in the club Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, because, you know, I had to, okay, not Sunday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and then Sunday I was in church, you know, Wednesday I had the um, Bible study, you know what I'm saying? I thought I was giving my due Oh, you were good. Oh, you were good. You were good. Girl, I'm a PK. No, girl, I was in church on Sunday. That was ladies' night. (laughs) (laughs) That was ladies' night. (laughs) I mean, I was doing other stuff on Sunday night, but, you know, I, I try to stay home. Like, you know, what, what does it say? Yeah. Remember the, the Sabbath to keep it holy. And so that that would mm-hmm. always be my response to anyone. It's Sunday. We, I can't even go out. What are you talking It's Sunday. You know what I'm saying? Well, some people celebrated on Saturday. Well, since you said that, come on, let's go. <laughs> you know? so, okay. I was there. Yeah, yeah I, I was there. I, I, I was definitely there. I feel you. Yeah, I was, but that's what I'm saying. Like God, it took it took a decade. It took me some quite quite some time. But you're still growing in faith. You're still growing in God. It's a walk. It's not a run. It's yeah. not a sprint. And it, it's, it's it's nothing other than a walk and a lifestyle. And that's what getting back to Ramsey. That's what she learns. Um, that's what a lot of my characters learn. Actually, now I think about it. But that's <laughs> that's what you know, she learns through her friendship. It is also about friendship too, because she does have a, um, a group of godly friends that are around her and they don't judge her. And I think that's what spoke to me most when I did my reread of it was that her friends didn't judge her and they were, but they were all Christian people. It was like, okay, yeah, come on, Ramsey. And I think a lot of times as believers, we, um, we shy away from our non-believing friend because, oh, well, you know, this is my life. Well, no, that person needs the same Jesus you got. Like, you, you're a testimony by your lifestyle. So you don't shy away from Pookie, but invite Pookie over. You know, he might need to see that people can have fun, that you can still have a, a, a lifestyle that is fun and enriching and, you know, all of those things because the world paints a picture that it's all Sunday services and church shoes, and you know y'all ain't got no good music. But that's not the truth. <laughs> and I think I think that right there, right there, like you summed up the question right there, because um, people act like you know Christian fiction is supposed to be um, how it is in the Bible word for word, how it is in the Bible. And um, yeah. I was telling Shanika, you know, back in the day, like 10, 15 years ago, I remember reading Christian fiction to just kind of take my mind off of reading so much Zane. And uh-huh. I decided to you know, God, jump you into Zane? the fiction. Yeah. <laughs> All right, that's another show. All right, so I, you know, read the Christian fiction, and I thought, you know, this is so much like just going to church and, you know, every mm-hmm. now and again – would have a scene that was oh, a little shocking, you know, and then I had to put it down because it was just, it wasn't, 
I was reading it because I wanted to continue reading, you know, novels, but I was trying to get mm-hmm. myself together to write with Christ. So let me read these books instead of those books. And I wasn't finding mm-hmm. the fulfillment that I needed. It wasn't until, I think, and no, because a lot of those authors were black, but I think just during or, or, or ongoing process of writing and, and people reading their reviews and, you know, the critiques that they were getting. And, you know, eventually there came about this different genre of Christian fiction that actually kept it real. You know what I'm saying? That yeah. lets you know that there's pastors getting divorced and, you know, there's a lot of creeping that's going mm-hmm. around with the deacon board and, the you know, the ushers and, you know, the choir members. And that, that stuff is real. That stuff really does go on in churches. And mm-hmm. that's what draws the attention of of the reader because you have an author that's able to not only provide you with some type of spiritual guidance or, you know, drop a Bible verse and make it applicable to that part of the story, but they're they're just keeping it real. They're letting people know that this stuff does go on not only in the lives of non believers, but in believers as well. And and I think mm-hmm. it, again it goes back to that transparency. You know what I'm saying? You just gotta be able to keep it real with with people and let them know. This is, like, I'm a Christian, but dang, I still do this. You know what I'm saying? I still do that. Like, it was very shocking mm-hmm. for me when when Lakeisha was like, you know, yeah, I wrote fiction before I started writing Christian fiction, and my stuff was real raunchy. And I was like, what? She was like, yeah. And then, you know, the Lord spoke to me and told me this is the direction that I need to take, and, and this, you know, that's what I did. And so still reading her books, I was like, whoa, this is assistant pastor going in like this right here? You know what I'm saying? But that's what Well, yeah, because you got to be real. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's and Christians have sex? Come on. Christian they people do? have sex. <laughs> God, yes. Now, you're supposed to wait till you get married, but we all don't start off that way. Um, well, but, yeah, Christian people have sex. <laughs> you know what? I got a whole other question. A whole other question. Who's going on this topic? We're going to run okay. over just a little bit. Um, all right. So, because this is something that I – and I know I'm not the only one because we have, you know, me and my girlfriends and even guy friends, we have these very in-depth discussions. You know, when you're married, uh-huh. um, sex is a part of marriage, okay? Mm-hmm. And so no matter how long you're married, you know, you're with that other person, and that's just mm-hmm. a part of what you do as a married couple. Then all of a sudden, sex doesn't go well. You guys get a divorce. Okay, now I know what the Bible says. Mm-hmm. But look here, I've been married for the past 10, 12, 15, 20 years. You mean to tell me I'm supposed to just shut it all down now because now I'm single? Like, I'm just supposed to stop? Like, that's how I was. You know? That was you know, um, when I got divorced. I was just, like, it was, it, yeah. you know, I was going crazy. You know what I'm saying? And I have a pastor. Yeah. Well, my little cousin is, is a pastor, and he's, like, 10 years younger than me. But we know how to. We have a very fine mind where we can be cousins uh-huh. and talk about anything under the moon. And then he can also bring it right back. If he's a Christian counselor as, as well, he can also flip it, mm-hmm. bring it right back, and give you the biblical perspective of that. So I went to him, and mm-hmm. I was like, look, look, I've been married like 11 years. You know what I'm saying? Going in mm-hmm. all the time. Now I'm supposed to stop because the Bible says so? <laughs> he was just like, Come on now. The Bible didn't say, like, yes, that's how I read it. That's how, you know, I perceived it. I just got to shut it down now, <laughs> and I can't do that, you know? And so uh, the friends that I talk to, you know, we all have different um, – we've all come to different conclusions about how we uh-huh. interpreted those verses of the Bible. Um, but, you mm-hmm. know, I 
know that you're married, but I know that, you know, anything can, can change. You yeah. ain't been married all your life either. So, yeah, what I ain't do been you think married all my that? life. Like, you know, how I honestly, um, I, I think that um, at the end of the day, you got to go back to the word. So, are you supposed to shut it down? Yes. But the word doesn't end there. Yeah. Like, it, it, it doesn't end there. Like, yeah, you got to shut it up, but it don't, that's not where it stops. Um, it it kind of, in essence, it starts there. Okay, so Jesus, you know you know your girl. That's how you start off that prayer. <laughs> you know your girl. Um, and you know you, you made me. So how and why is the question, you know, why do I have to stop this? And a lot of it has to do with soul ties because when you're intimate with a person, that's a covenant. So are you going to make consecutive covenants with people who are not worthy? Because if they were worthy, then then their covenant would be everlasting, not three months, not two weeks, not one night, not one year. It would be an everlasting covenant. So that's why you're supposed to shut it down because sex leads, sex is a covenant. Um, and then that, but the, the good question is the how Lord. Um, so that, that, that is multi, that that's multi-layered um, in the sense that the Bible always tells us to guard our gates. And, um, yeah. and it's kind of a reason why I started the binge toward uh, Christian fiction because I was in a position to where I needed to guard my gates. Cause I'm a hot mess, and um, so I needed to I needed to feast daily on Christian reading and Christian books. Because if I didn't, you, we just had the conversation about Drew Hill, honey. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Somebody sleeping in my <laughs> So because I'm a hot mess, I had to you know um, guard my gates. I had to guard my ear gates. I had to guard my eye gates. You know, I had to guard those things I was reading. I had to guard those things that I was hearing because there's nothing worse than, you know, listening to Drew Hill and sipping on some, uh, a nice little margarita and it's raining outside. You know, your phone will ring. Your phone is going to ring. If you are sipping on something nice and adult-like and it's raining outside and you listening to Drew Hill, that doggone, what's the boy name? Oh, my God. The one that, uh, oh, what's his name? He's a young boy. Um, the one that, uh, the neighbors know my name, boy. What is his name? Trey Song. If you're Trey listening Song. to Drew Hill, yes. Trey Song, The Weeknd, um, oh, Joe, yeah. Rome. If you got your Oh, tank! You got your playlist going. You know, you listening to Pandora play Tank, and you drinking yes. a little something, something. It start raining out. Your phone is going to ring. He's going to call. Someone is going to call you, um, and it don't matter if you know it ain't what you wanted or whatever. He's coming over. So I had to get in a position to where I was guarding my gates. You know, I wasn't listening to endless hours of R&B love songs, although I do love (laughs) R&B. I wasn't, you know, I wasn't taking upon the strong drink, as the Bible says. (laughs) Or, you know, reading Zane, and I absolutely love Sisters of the ASP is the best book ever written under the sun. I don't care what nobody says in the world. It is the best book. And when you get over yourself and you realize that it's more than 
just sex going on in that book. That book is about female mm-hmm. empowerment and liberation. Mm-hmm. I absolutely yes. love the book. But if you read in Sisters of the APF and it's raining outside and you got Joe in the background playing in the weekend and you sit out, somebody's going to call or you're going to stumble. So I had to get in a position to where I was, like I said, guarding my gates. Like I couldn't, I, the, I, I, I'm not condemning those books, but I needed to read Ian Joy. I needed to read Vanessa Miller. I needed to read um, those people because there was some spiritual fruit. Now, some some things were still going on. I still had my dra- my drama that I craved as a reader, but there were um, there was a, some spiritual truth in there, and I needed that in my system. You know, I needed to listen to Titra Bet and um, and um, the Fire and Kurt Franklin, mm. who if I ever get to meet him, he just he don't know how many times I've been in a depressive state and turned on some Kurt Franklin and was, you know, able to breathe and walk and do things. So I had to fill my system with those things because if not, had I not done those things, oh, yeah, somebody's sleeping in my <laughs> for me, once once I got over um, this, I guess I I can only describe it as just being selfish. Like I thought only about um, the physical for myself. Once I got mm-hmm. over that and actually just got back in the Bible, then it was a totally different story. You know, the flesh died. I'm, I'm telling you, it it died. You know what I'm saying? Because I was mm-hmm. so deep in the word and, and knew what I needed to do. And then that lasted for about two years. And then, you know, I was probably listening to somebody one night and the, the phone rang and I just been downhill ever since, you know what I'm saying? Just downhill it, it, it happens. Since. It happens. It does happen. It actually, it happens to Ramsey. Um, and that's towards the end of the book. It does happen to Ramsey that, that old flame come on back and say, Hey girl, you look so good. How you been? And, and, and it's her weakness. Um, it is a weakness. So she has to deal with it too, because we all do. Like everybody got a joke. Yeah. Everybody got yeah. somebody that's trying to come in and you know wreck what God has for them. Um, and you have to recognize that person for who they are. And um, I was listening to Pastor Michael Todd the other day, like two or three weeks ago. And he was like, "Some of y'all need to put need to go on your phone and next to that person's name put setback." Because you know, if they call you, Ooh. it's gonna set you back. And I was Ooh. like, you know what? That is true. And my husband's so sweet. He looked at me and said, "What's true? <laughs> <laughs> what? What he said about people? <laughs> yeah, people. Yeah, I, I'm agreeing with. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no. people. People yes. have that issue, and we're gonna pray for them. Them. We're gonna pray yes. for them. <laughs> yes. Oh yeah, I need to do that. I got uh, I got several phones, and I got a lot of people. But yeah, they, yeah, I need to do that. <laughs> Some people are set back, you know, because you know if it's cold, if it's if it's you know raining, and you know you done cleaned the house, house smelling real good, you done cleaned up, and you know you all in your unis, and you feeling powerful and empowered. You know, the phone rang, you might make a mistake. So if it's a setback, you know, okay, no, because if I pick up this call right now feeling this good, I will, you know, make that mistake. 
And see, people always ask me, like, why do you date? Why do you like long-distance relationships? Because you can't pop up. I can't pop up. You live 17 hours away. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That was my yeah. answer for, you know, you know, helping myself out right there. Just just do long-distance relationships and, hey, and everything will be whatever good. Whatever works. Know? I'm all for what works. <laughs> We didn't even get to talk about Man of My Nightmares. Um, man of My Nightmares. Yeah. Briefly talk um, about that. Of, okay. Man of My Nightmare is a collaboration book written by Shamika Roach, Tammy Cross, and myself, Chino. Um, it is about a man who is super fine and very cunning, and he portrays these – he portrays this persona – for three different women, so they're all initially they're all dating the same person, um, and by the time they find out what they've gotten in, themselves into, it is way too late. They um, fall into some sex trafficking, um, and they're Christian women. Okay, so don't come for me about we because because it's a situation that we find ourselves in as well. Um, yeah, so they fall into sex trafficking and actually are kidnapped um, for a great portion of the book. And I'll let you guys read the rest, but it's a very good read. Um, It's been getting very good reviews. Uh, It's an edgy topic, I guess. So people are finding themselves in the book um, and being a lot more mindful. It was fun to write. It really pushed me as an author because you're writing behind someone that's powerful. So you're like, oh, oh, so that's what we're going to do? Oh, well, hold on. Let me let me get myself together. Um, right, right. And, and you know, and, and put some words on the paper. Because you're not, not in a competition sense, but more in a sense of, wow, you did that, sis. And yeah, you don't yeah. want to be left out. You you know, I, I never wanted to be left out. Like, it was so good. Certain parts were so good. And I was like, wow, okay. I don't want a reader to come to my part and be like, oh, she must have wrote that. That's so boo. Okay. I'm going to skip to the next chapter. You know, like, I never wanted to be, the, I, I didn't want the boo chapter. So, so I personally learned to step my game up because it was so good. It was just so good to work off of someone else's imagination. Um, and we were able to do it seamlessly. Like if you read my, if you've read all of my work, I've only had two people out of the, um, I guess, I don't want to say hundreds of thousands, because I don't know how many of you all are out there, but out of all of my she readers, um, and readers that I have, I've only had two people be able to tell me which parts I wrote, like which which character I wrote. Um, and one of those persons was someone that read Ramsey. So in Ramsey's Bed is Never Cold, one of the characters from Man of My Nightmares appears. And oh. she plays a big part of she she plays a big part of Ramsey's transformation. So um because that person read Ramsey, they were like, Oh my god, I didn't know that, that was your character. Yeah, that was that's who I wrote. Um, but outside of that it's just it's a very seamless book, and there are no boo parts in the book because I was not going to be the person with, with the boo parts. 
<laughs> I did not want somebody to read the book. I'm like, oh, girl, I was reading it. So, and then it got real boo. And then it got real Put that down. Yeah, then they got real boo. So I had to, I, yeah, I skipped that chapter. I'm like, oh no, that's my chapter. No, you didn't. Um, so because I didn't want that to happen, I know personally, I like fed off of the great energy that the ladies provided um, in in, okay. in doing Man of My Nightmare, and it's actually one of my um, one of my favorites. I really did enjoy the character in that book, and I think that um, I have a couple of projects coming up. And so that, that was my character next may or may okay. not. Okay. That character may or may not come back. Go ahead. All right. Well, we are down to the end of the show. Um, guys, I really hope you in, enjoyed. You know, sometimes you just have to step away from the format um, and just kind of be in the moment. And I'm always yeah. very comfortable with Chanel when she comes on the show you know, because we have this um, this different type of friendship, you know, outside of just um, her work as an author or my work, you know, as a host. We have a different type of friendship, and so it's just good to be able to just sit down and talk to people about, you know, uh, what's going on in the world, how to incorporate that into what they're doing, um, you know, mm-hmm. how they remain passionate about the things that they're doing. Um, but it's just also good just to sit back sometimes and just be yourself you know I feel like when we have this format that you have to follow then it kind of takes you away from just being genuinely you uh because me I would just rather get up here and just talk to people you know what I'm saying but that's not the format of the show so it's just good sometimes (laughs) to be able to let your head down and just you know let everything flow freely but I want to go ahead now and give you the opportunity to get all of your contact information out for those who may be listening live or those who may come back um, and listen to one of the many many playback shows if they're, you know, interested in purchasing your books, if they want to provide you information on maybe a character, you know, do some beta reading for you, the floor is now yours to get your contact yeah. info out. Okay, so um, it's streamlined now. It's really easy. Go to chanelinc.com, S-H-E-N-E-L-L-I-N-C.com. Um, there you'll find my blog. You can subscribe to the um, website itself, chanelinc.com. You can also join the Inner Circle, which is my private mailing list. They get a uh, newsletter once a month, and they kind of, if you're in the Inner Circle, it's exactly what it sounds like. So they get um, a little bit more information about what I got going on um, monthly. Also there, you can follow me on Facebook and on Instagram, I believe, so, yeah, ChanelInc.com, S-H-E-N-E-L-L-I-N-C.com, and that's like the hub for everything. Um, and then as far as projects and things going on, Her Pleasures, His Principles, has a sequel-ish type thing coming out pretty soon. Um, the goal is to have it out by, like, September it is a companion. So if you have not read Her Pleasures, His Principles, you can read The Untold Story, and that's what it's called, Her Pleasures, His Principles, The Untold Story. Um, it tells the story of or answers the question of why and how Khalees married Rick and not Hezekiah. I listen. Some people say don't read your reviews. I do read the reviews. Um, and I do talk to people, and that was one of the biggest questions. Was like, wait a minute, hold on. I done sat through this whole book. Why in the world did she not marry Hezekiah and she marries Rick? Well, 
a whole lot took place in those two years, and that is the untold story. So her pleasures, his principles, uh, the untold story will be out in September, and her pleasures, his principles, the audio will be out before the end of the year. And all of this information is found on the website. So if you go to ChanelInc.com, we can be friends, and you can sign up, and you can get a blog post. If you follow me on Facebook, we can chat and all those wonderful things. What happens when pleasure goes against principles? He recalled how their bodies collided. They moved in sequence to the sounds of passion. Does pleasure win over our principles? He plotted a way to secure his position in her bed forever. Do principles triumph over our desires? How could they passionately make love all night? How could she dismiss him like a schoolboy? Find out in Her Pleasures, His Principles by Chanel. Available at Amazon.com. So just in case you had no idea what she was just talking about, there you have it. <laughs> all right. Who, and that's who is my the baby. Guy? That's my hubby. My hubby did it with me. He felt the deep romantic voice. That's who I get to yes. be with all the time. Yes. This my Mr. Chanel, <laughs> is it? Uh, yes. <laughs> That's my hubby. All right, so stay tuned for the month of August, y'all. We got um, more ad spots from Chanel coming up in the month of August. All right? Yes. Good enough. I have thoroughly enjoyed you being here. I think we should hang the phone up and continue our conversation. I'm free tonight yes, if yes. you are. Um, guys, make sure that you're right back here Monday morning, 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time for My Struggle with My Strength, Monday Morning Motivation with Casa Moore, and then back Monday night, uh, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for New Music Mondays. And I think we're going to finally be able to give you our Niger edition. So all Music Monday will be from Nigeria. So you guys got to tune in for this. All right. Until Monday, you all have a good night. Bye. Good night now. I'm going to talk to you in a minute. Bye. (laughs) All right. Bye. (laughs)